listeners, welcome to Ernest Goes to Podcast, Ernest Extra number eight. Even more Ernest Goes to Jail. More Ernest Goes to Jail than we ever thought possible. I'm Aaron, and this is my co-host, David. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Here we are, post-Ernest Goes to Jail. I yep. think a long-awaited episode for many. I oh, think yeah. this was a really popular movie. Yeah, it's interesting to me. Uh, every time I talk to people about this podcast, and this comes up when we talk to our guests, what the touchstone on a personal level for each person with Ernest is. Uh-huh. And I think jail, for some reason, maybe it just played on TV a lot. I wonder if it is in part because it's covered on a lot of movie podcasts, specifically oh. podcasts that make fun of movies. Like, it might be the Ernest movie where the craziest yes. amount of crazy things happen. I would definitely agree with that, <laughs> based on my limited knowledge of the Ernest films. <laughs> I'm lighter than air. What's happening to me? It's polarized. He, he's weightless. Gravity's lost its grip. So it seems like that might have something to do it's, with why people remember it and want to hear people talk about it. It's rife with fodder for... <laughs> yes, uh, if, if you If you host a podcast where you say, what is happening in this movie, <laughs> there are many opportunities to ask that question with Ernest Goes to Jail, for sure. But I enjoyed our discussion, and we still... Oh, yeah. There's still a lot of things we didn't get to touch on, mm-hmm. so let's get right to it. Yep. First thing was this article that I found from the Toledo Blade. Where do you find these articles? Internet. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know if they were like under a rock or something and you're like hiking through the forest. Like, oh, what's that? And there's like a little piece of a newspaper sticking out from. Under- I think this one might have been posted by Justin Lloyd on his Facebook oh, okay. page for the book, The Importance of Being Earnest, The Life of Actor Jim Barney. Gotcha. And uh, I found it fascinating because it is directly related to Ernest Goes to Jail. Cool. We'll post a link, but I just want to read a few of the things Jim Barney says because there's an interview with Jim Barney, which is always interesting in itself. Oh, they, they decided to interview him about the Ernest movies. That's Imagine a, that. Interesting. So this is what he says in regards to Ernest Goes to Jail. Mm -hmm. Quote, This is the fastest paced thing Ernest has ever done. Mm. The laughs are closer together. Christmas had a lot of heart and camp was a melodrama, but this is strictly comedy end to end. There's no deep meaning except the good guy wins and the bad guy loses. (laughs) (laughs) Ernest Goes to Camp, a film with the passion of Tennessee Williams. (laughs) A melodrama. Yeah. That actually kind of blew my mind. I said, wait, 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 wait. Did he say camp is a melodrama? I mean, insofar as like there's all this uncertainty about losing the land. I mean, he does get beat up and bloody. He does, yeah. And, and, and then he cries. So, I mean, it's fair. I just never thought of it in those terms. Sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and Christmas did have a lot of heart. I mean, you know, when he when I read that, I was kind of like, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know that I want to say that jail has no deep meaning and is strictly comedy end to end. But then after our discussion, I was like, yeah, that's pretty yeah. on point, actually. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. He's right. The story doesn't really stay with you the way that the previous two films do. Sure. I think someone, uh, it might have been you, compared it to like a Muppet movie. And I think yeah. that, that's very apt. You know, as much as I love the Muppet movie and like the later ones after that, some of them are just very like, this is an excuse to have Muppet It's a gag gags. fest comedy, yeah. which is... There's nothing wrong with that. It's just No, no, different. no. It's just, it resonates less on an emotional level. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I know we're talking about Ernest movies. I know what the podcast is about, but there are movies in the Ernest... Wait, can, can you explain it to me? Because <laughs> I'm still like eight episodes in... Still kind of scratching my head. Just talk about artists. <laughs> uh, talk about artists. Oh. But some of the movies really do resonate on an sure. emotional level. We're going to Scared Stupid, which I have a lot of things to say about. Oh, yeah. That's but, next uh, up. He also says about Nash, I get to play a hardcore villain with no humanity in him at all. Mm. Felix, he calls him Felix? <laughs> Felix is evil to the bone, the very opposite of Ernest. I've looked forward quite a while to doing something like this on film since I always play multiple roles on the Saturday morning show. 
Mm. Felix is evil to the bone. Yeah. What kind of person would throw a perfectly good dog in the garbage? <laughs> I mean, we've talked about, we've already discussed at length our love for Nash. Yeah. Varney's on a first name basis with him. Sure. But, yeah. yeah. We got to call him So Mr. Felix Mr. and I, Nash. we were talking yeah. backstage. But this is something else that says, if Varney models on anyone while playing Ernest, it's probably Peter Sellers and his Inspector Clouseau character. Oh, that's interesting. I'm not as familiar with that character as perhaps I should be to engage in these discussions. Yeah, now. I me either. That's like okay. So add that to the list. Yeah, we need we to, watch to watch Gone with the Wind, yeah. Davy Crockett, yep. John Wayne movies, John Wayne movies. That was the other thing I was thinking <laughs> of. Inspector Clouseau. Yeah. Well, he says that Peter Sellers brought back the idea of multiple roles. He says, and he says, Char- oh, that's true. Yeah. He says Charlie Chaplin had played opposite himself, but nobody much did it again until Sellers tried it. We would probably choose the same scripts. He's like peas in a pod. Acting fanboying. He's fanboying. Yeah, it's amazing. It's very cute. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we kind of briefly touched on, but we didn't really get into it. The idea that every Ernest movie is a different genre. Right. Because if camp is the melodrama and Christmas is the heartwarming family movie and jail is a slapstick comedy about jail. Sure. And the next one is a horror horror movie. movie, Yeah. It kind of does seem like Ernest is genre jumping. Yeah, absolutely. I can't really think of many characters where that's the case i'm trying to think about that right now we didn't touch on it in the episode but you guys did say that's kind of like james bond oh sure yeah where there's like like moonraker is kind of like the sci-fi one and then there's some that are more well i mean james bond in addition to tying into our theory about Ernest's father father, yeah there's also just like each james bond film is kind of its own world like a contained universe like sort of same way that Ernest's movies are right the difference with james bond obviously most like clearly is that there's different actors playing him in different films so when there's different actors it's easier to say oh this is a different universe because x y and z happened but then there's also things where like cast members from pierce brosnan will show up with like daniel craig like uh, judy dench i think returning the same characters playing the same characters or um what is his name Mitchell. Oh, uh... Jodan Baker, yeah. like, plays a character that I think shows up um, across some of the films. And it's always... it's always, But it's not the Chuck and Bobby situation because they're still playing the same character. Sometimes it's very unclear. Okay, it's, it's so almost, it but is it, sort it, of like Ernest. It has that same vibe of, like, I get why you're here, you look familiar, you fit in this universe, but I need to mentally throw away everything that we already know because yeah. it, it will just break my brain. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just, so that is like Ernest. Well, and I think also the James Bond thing fits into jail just because of like the 1960s thing. Like James Bond is such a product of the 1960s. Also, the the intro is kind of Bondish. Oh yeah, because of the silhouettes. Yeah, the, but yeah, in I, I terms would've... of a character going from movie to movie and sort of genre to genre, James Bond is a little bit closer than any other character I can think of. Yeah, we did say that we would have loved an Ernest secret agent movie. Oh, definitely, like Absolutely. that would have been amazing. And I think when we, we missed said that, a, missed a trick, man. Yeah, I think when we said that, I was like, "Oh, it should just be like Timothy Dalton or someone playing his dad, yeah. even though they would be roughly the same age." <laughs> well, sure, whatever. Yeah. His brother, the secret Asian brother. Yeah. Well, okay. What would the title have been? Um, Ernest goes undercover. Undercover Ernest. Undercover um, Ernest. No, it would need um, to be like no. Oh, well, I mean, the obvious title for a secret agent Ernest movie is "The World Is Not Enough." <laughs> I mean, that has to be it. That'd be the, after the colon. Yeah. Listeners, submit your Secret Agent Ernest movie titles. Yes, please. I'm just imagining like, because, you know, James Bond, at least um, earlier Bond, is known for like gadgets. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. there you go. Yep. He would make his own Secret Agent gadgets. Yep. <laughs> they wouldn't work. Yeah. Oh, it writes itself. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> Aaron, can we write a comic series <laughs> of Ernest? 
Oh, Secret Agent Ernest comic. You know, Ernest can live on in comics. I mean, that's the thing where I feel like he would work the best now. I think so, yeah. Just because, like, you wouldn't have to worry about, like, Recreating voice acting. Recreating that performance yeah, is just impossible. It's impossible. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. I agree. There are other things we wanted to touch on. Yep. I, I just wrote Jim Varney's comically oversized hands yeah. because I have not mentioned yet how much I love and enjoy Jim Varney's comically oversized hands. No, and I did not pick up on this until you sent me a screenshot of him like <laughs> leaning on a mop or something yeah, yeah. where I was just like, okay, he has hands like every character in the Clerks cartoon where it's just like <laughs> they're a, a, huge, a square. They're square. Yeah. yeah, they're square and they're way too big for their for his proportions. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> we keep saying that like Jim Varney is a cartoon. It is like somebody drew him. Yeah. Like a lot of cartoon characters are drawn with larger than normal hands because you want the gestures to be easy for the audience to read and everything yep. is just there's just easier to be expressive Jim Vardy is just that way yeah <laughs> perfect his hands are great for the theatrical gesturing that he does that, oh yeah I think we'll touch on it more in Ernest Scared Stupid because he's handling so many contraptions in that movie mm-hmm. and his hands are just like right into the lens like wow it's like one of those things now that now that I'm aware of it like I won't be able to unsee yeah. it so thank you Aaron I, I mean it's one, <laughs> it was one of the first things I noticed about him and I was really, I was like, oh, look at him. He is just designed to be delightful. That's true. This didn't occur to me before, but like one of the ways that in thinking about jail again, that that really becomes clear is also when he's like doing that thing where he's flipping the coin between his fingers. Yeah. Because I tried to do that later. Could not do it. <laughs> we can't all be Jim Varney. I know. I know. I was just like, how did, what, where do you even put the thing? It was hot. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I mean, like, I think it was, it was really hot. <laughs> Yeah. Jim Varney's hot. That's, yeah. We can end this podcast now. Just that. <laughs> Thesis. <laughs> That's what it all boils down to, essentially. I mean, this this podcast is essentially your dissertation on Ernest yes. in 15 parts or whatever. Yeah. I like it. I'm glad to be your research assistant <laughs> in the library, looking harried, pouring over <laughs> Thank you. like DVDs. What does this mean? What is What's the, it I, mean? I found this. What is the new information? Erin! I run down the library hall. Erin! Erin! I found I... new things! I took know what I mean as a direct challenge. (laughs) Challenge accepted. (laughs) You know, you also wanted to touch on our beloved songwriter, Bruce Arnson. Yeah. He wrote three songs for this movie. So wait, I have a question about the songs that he wrote for this movie. Uh Uh-huh. That one that's like about a coconut tree and like, these aren't (laughs) my tree climbing shoes. Was that written for this movie? It seems to be. And it appears twice in the movie. In the movie, yeah. Chuck turns on the radio and it's playing as Ernest is being dragged around in the first scene and becomes magnetic. Chuck doesn't hear because he's listening to this coconut tree song. It's a song about... Don't make me climb the coconut tree That would be a catastrophe I would not make it halfway, you see I'm wearing the wrong kind of shoes don't make me climb that tree because I'm not wearing the right shoes. Yeah, or like like when I was a kid, like anyone who knew me like could tell you that I don't bruise easily or something like that. Yeah. It's just like absurd, <laughs> absurd it, calypso lyrics. it seems to lyrics. be a man like I think trying to discourage somebody from climbing a coconut tree so that he doesn't have to chase them or something. Oh, but, interesting. Because he's saying don't make me climb. Oh, like don't make me like come up and get yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> but it's playing in that scene and it also plays again when Ernest gets summoned for jury duty and goes to Chuck and Bobby's house to tell them. They're also listening to it in the background there. So like Chuck just has that on like a, 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 a single? <laughs> yeah. It's the def- 
defining song of Chuck and Bobby, I suppose, in that movie. <laughs> but yeah, I like that song a lot. You know, I like it too. I feel like in the same way that each Ernest film is like, oh, we're going to try like a new genre. I feel like Bruce Arntzen's he, yes. uh, songs are also kind of like we that. We kind of briefly mentioned that in the Hey Vern, It's Ernest True. part one. But yeah. like, yeah, he genre jumps in yeah. his songwriting. Which is neat. It's like, it's nice to, you know, you got to try everything. Yeah. I mean, no, the, the versatility is really cool. Sure. And keeps you fresh as an artist. It's like, oh, I haven't done this before. What if I did like this kind of a song? All three of his songs in Ernest Goes to Dale are different genres. Oh, yeah. So what he, he does the first one is the Doing Time song. Uh, Doing yes. Time. This jail rock song. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and that song like describes the events of the movie. Like somebody's kissing my girl. Somebody's using my name. Somebody's kissing my girl. Well, sort of. Yeah, so, sort of. <laughs> and that one's really cool because there's background singers. Yeah. And then the third song is the Nash Slees song, oh, which is yes. like this croony, yeah. like seductive song, like yep. like a fake, like sort of a Sinatra-ish song. Interesting. That's playing in the background while Nash is trying to seduce Charlotte. Come in. I wish I could hear all of the Nash Slees song because I can hear we hear a lot of the Coconut Tree song and a lot of, we hear all of Doing Time, but we don't hear Nash Slees. You can only sort of hear a lyric here and there, and I would love to hear the whole thing. Bruce Arnson, if you're listening, because if I were you, I sure would just release Nash Slees as a single. I have be a, awesome. I have a question, and I agree with that. Was there ever any kind of soundtrack or score albums released for any of the Ernest films? I've never even thought to like look for these yeah. things. I feel like there must have been one for Christmas. Interesting. Because I was able to find the music. Oh, that's right. So they must have been somewhere. Interesting. Um, I might need to dig those out. That would be a neat we thing We could to try to drum up whatever we can. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I, I would love to have the Nash Lee's track, but I feel like that didn't actually happen. I feel like I would have seen it. Right. But, but maybe it was released. We got to look for it. Then. Hmm. What else is there to say? I mean, I, I there's a lot I could say about Nash. Oh, I'll bet there is. I mean, you know, Felix to his friends. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's a lot I could say about Mr. Nash. Sure. I appreciated that there were moments where Nash got so sleazy that they like allowed you to see what he was about to do and then like stopped it. Yeah. There's a scene where Charlotte kisses him on the cheek. She thinks he's earnest and she says, I'm proud of you because he stands up to Mr. Pendlesmythe. Oh, we didn't mention this scene. Mr. Pendlesmythe just tears into Nash. Oh, yeah. He thinks he's earnest and he calls him ugly. You and that big nose and ugly face have caused so much trouble around here. I should be given a medal for tolerating you. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry, Mr. Pendlesmythe, but that's really not up you're to no, you you're to no say. You're no prize either. Yeah, uh, well, you can say whatever you want about Ernest, but don't call him ugly. You're just in no position to judge that, Mr. Pendlesmythe. What do you know? It's also irrelevant to his job. I know. Or the, or the, the execution of his yeah, job Yeah, it parameters. was totally unnecessary. He's just like, you and your big ugly nose. Like, Excuse me. Yeah, I was just like, a freaking dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me that that got your ire. He's a handsome man. Oh, yeah. He makes weird faces, but he's a handsome man. But Nash actually gets really upset by that, and Charlotte is like, well, I'm proud of you anyway, and she kisses him on the cheek. And there's a great moment where Nash, he grabs her waist, and he starts 
starts, he just starts to pull her towards him. And she just starts to look like vaguely confused and bothered by that. And then it's like cut off by Chuck smacking Nash on the yeah. head. It just gets there. Yeah. She just becomes uncomfortable. And then it's like, all right, stop. Well, that's that's like a very satisfying like movie convention where it's like the movie like gets too sketched out by what's happening with <laughs> yeah, it. It's just like, okay. so it's like, all right, we can't like as a medium of artistic expression, I cannot allow this to continue. We do talk about the subtext of like Nash's and Charlotte's interactions, yes. like where she she does pick up on the fact that Nash is being creepy, but it's just so unusual for Ernest that she doesn't know how to react to it. Well, I think she's trying to like parse his actions within like the realm of I'm sure having worked with Ernest Charlotte has like a spectrum of <laughs> yeah. Ernest weirdness and it's like okay well Where this is this, this is a new thing yeah. how, did, where, how does this how can I how can I understand this with my brain in, in a way she's almost trying to make it make sense to her yeah, brain yeah she is we didn't really talk about Nash's end of it where he kisses her and then he lets her go and he looks at her like kind of like huh are you picking up what I'm putting yeah, down? He like looks at her to like gauge how she took that. And then it's, you know. It's almost over. like his version of the did it. He's really pleased with himself when he made yeah. that move. Yeah, Nash is great. I mean, that's that's Felix for you. He's terrible, but he's great. Yeah. It was probably put to death shortly after <laughs> the movie. Uh, well, I think we've... We've jailed successfully. Yes. I think we put that one away. <laughs> cool. Thank you for listening, listeners. Rate and review us on iTunes. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please continue to leave your feedback and your comments and your questions, even though we tend to have more questions than you do. And uh, follow and like our Facebook page or Tumblr or Twitter. Yeah. And we'll uh, see you next time for... Ernest Scared Stupid. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. You know, we're, it's getting to the point where we're like halfway through, man. Scary. Yeah, there was a ton of stuff that I was like, oh, I didn't know this existed, but I guess we have to talk about it now. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, no, that movie that I have on VHS taped off of TV from 15 years ago. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. Till next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>